Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Holistic Finance. My name is Ryan Burklow. And I'm Alex Collins. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about three reasons to have an emergency fund that most people don't actually hear about or read about. Yeah. I mean, most people, when they hear emergency reserve, they think of all the negative and bad things. And these are all three positive things that come across, that come around from building and having an emergency reserve. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I just had a conversation with a, a, an ND just the other day about an emergency reserve or emergency fund, and th- they had several questions for me. Like one of the questions was, okay, so we get to the emergency fund, do we just leave it there, right? Like th- they don't, because they've never had one, or maybe they've had one and they've depleted it, they, they, they're not thinking all the way through in terms of like, okay, wh- what does that allow you to do? Right. Or what does it maybe solve that you didn't know needed to be solved in your financial planning? Right. And and I'm, I'm going to start with like the biggest thing I think most people forget about is it's the behavioral habit. That is probably the biggest takeaway that most people just forget about. Yeah. I mean, creating creating three months, six months, a year worth of savings is challenging to do. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, you know, stereotypically, it's kind of like going to the gym, right? Like we get all excited about going to the gym. We go to the gym. And if you're anything like me, you go too hard. And like literally the next day you wake up feeling like absolute garbage. And you're like, why in the world did I do that to myself? Right. And you may not even go the next day. Or maybe you go a couple more days, but then slowly you're like, okay, this, like you, you don't get consistent with it. Right. Like we I get mean, this gung ho attitude and then we back off because it, it doesn't feel what we're accustomed to. It, it's the reason why gyms are totally full for like the first two to three weeks of January and then empty by February. Exactly. And so from a financial health or financial habit, let's just call it what it is. Most of us would much rather spend our money. Yeah. Myself included. And that that's the saver spender mentality where the vast majority of Americans, I, I, I want to say that the stats, something like 80% of us are spenders. And so when we get, you know, everyone knows, like, I don't think I've ever brought up emergency fund or emergency reserve and someone goes, well, what's that? I think most people know that they might have a question of how much to put into it or why that much, or like, what are like, how can I make it look as little like this thing that where it's just money sitting idle as possible. Right. Right. And so let's just use three months. Uh, You know, everyone's different, right? Like when your personal financial planning is personal. So there, there's rules of thumb, but let's just call it what it is. If you're a naturopathic doctor and you have a business, you might want to keep higher cash flow or higher savings. But again, that's that's for you and your financial uh, planner to, to speak into. But the savings habit, right? So let's just say you need thirty thousand dollars, for instance, as three months of expenses, right? So let's just say you've got three months sitting uh, that you need to save up for. The first month you might do it. The second month you might be set putting money into that emergency fund. The third month you might get there. Fourth, fifth, sixth month, it might take you two years, maybe even longer to get to that $30,000 figure. And it sucks early on. It's like going to the gym. It's like, you know, it feels like I'm not making a dent. 
Well, or like what you could do is you could like be making progress, making progress, and then you have a setback and you have to borrow money from that reserve. So you feel like it's almost a pointless activity. And here's the thing. Imagine had you not gone through that exercise and didn't have those funds saved, how much harder would it be? How much like now, instead of pulling money out of savings, you're putting money onto a credit card or a line of credit, or you're borrowing from some other structure that isn't liquid and stable. It would not be good. And, and then to take this a step further, right? So let's just say you actually get to that three months of expenses, right? Saved up. You now have a habit of saving money. So it's much harder. Granted, it's easy to go back to old habits, to be fair. And at least in my experience, when when people get to that that three months of expenses, when they, when they've gotten, when they've accomplished a financial goal, it becomes very close and near and dear to them. It becomes like that pillow that they really, really like. And so if they happen to need to tap into it one time, they want it paid back immediately because it really is a peace of mind. And I hate that that term because our, our industry, financial service industry loves to use that term, but they really do. It's a pillow for them. It makes them feel a lot more comfortable in their finances because it exists. And from a cash flow perspective, yeah, you tap into it, but then you pay yourself back and then you continue the savings. It just, it's the foundation of building a financially stable household. Right. Well, and if we've gotten to the point where we've we've built up this reserve and done so in a systematic manner, now it's just as simple as redirecting that cash flow from emergency reserve over into a different financial structure that's going to have more rate of return or, you know, like depending upon what the rest of the circumstance and situation looks like, there's a dozen different things we could potentially do with that. Right. Which which takes us to so that was number the first reason. The the second reason is leverage. Right. So like the biggest, the biggest thing I hear when people say, well, I don't want to sit on that much cash because, you know, inflation's at, you know, now it's, you know, higher, but they used to say, well, inflation is 3% or 4%, whatever number they used. And I'm not getting that. So I'm losing money. So why would I have that money sitting there? Well, and the answer is the existence of that money allows us to have, like, do things differently with other dollars. And so it's not just the, like what the rate of return is on that particular component. It's how that particular component allows us to take more risk with our investments or our retirement or add something to the business because now we've got a backstop if something doesn't go right from a cash flow standpoint or whatever else the circumstances may be, we're able to leverage those dollars that are sitting there in the bank because they are safe and stable and do something different with our other assets, getting a better rate of return on the other assets because we have that safety blanket, because we have that pillow, because we have that that comfort level of having an emergency reserve, whether it's three months, six months, 12 months, whatever it winds up being. Um, and like again, there's different levels for different purposes of what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, think about it this way. I, I hear people say all the time, well, I'm I'm I I'm young, I can take a lot more risk. 
So I don't, I don't need to have that much money sitting in savings. I'm going to, I'm going to, and we'll use the investment vehicle for, for this conversation. I'm going to invest more, more of my money and take more risks there. And the issue with that is they went through in their mind some checks and balances of what risk they're, they're okay with. And let's just call it what it is. It's the risk that we don't think about is what blows up the whole situation. No one predicted COVID. No one predicted 9-11. No one predicted, right? Like no one predicted these, these different events. And that's like global events. That Did are 100% you, out of our control. Right. And what about personal events that are out of our control, right? So having that emergency fund allows you to actually be riskier in the market because if it did, you've got this cash sitting on the sideline that you can tap into rather than tapping into like, for instance, in the year 2022, tapping into your investment vehicle that's down 20%. Right. The whole opposite. Everyone knows what you're supposed to invest money. You're not supposed to touch it early in, in your lifetime, right? Until you're closer to retirement because right, you need that growth and the magic of compound interest. Everyone knows that, yet they have to tap into that vehicle because that's the only vehicle that they have to tap into. Right. I mean, so much of this is just, there are so many things that are out of our control. I mean, I think of like on my drive home last night, I almost had a dump truck rear end me. Like it stopped about 10 feet behind me. That's something that would have been totally hundred percent out of my control. Now I've done everything I possibly can to protect myself in terms of like, you know, having uh, income protection, having proper auto insurance, having proper additional liability coverage, all of those things, uh, having emergency reserve, having other uh, access to other financial tools and things of that nature. But at the same time, like had that dump truck not stopped and crushed the back end of my car. Like my life is dramatically different for the next six to nine months, like, or maybe longer. And so like, who knows what, like, again, that's something that's totally out of my control. And at the same time, having something like a robust emergency reserve would help my family help me make sure that like, any damage from the finance financial aspect of that would be minimized. And again, the 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 leverage side of stuff, the the rate of the money that you had invested, maybe you've sl- slightly taken more risk in your investment vehicles, right? Like maybe more added more stocks or whatever. However, you've set yourself up, you wouldn't have to touch that money because you've got the emergency fund. So, right, the positive spin, what the negative spin is always spoken about. Right. The positive spin is you get possibility of higher rate of return because you have that emergency fund sitting there. Exactly. And that kind of leads us into the third thing, which is opportunity. Like having dollars sit there that are quote unquote idle or liquid provides the flexibility when opportunity arises. Like you brought it up in our you know, pre-podcast discussion, how many people do we know that said, man, I wish I would have had cash back in 2008 to buy real estate. There was tremendous opportunity. Right. And I always ask the question nowadays, like because every once I'll say that as a joke in front of my clients and my clients will say, yeah, I wish I did. 
And my follow-up question to them is, why didn't you? And that's when I get the deer in headlight look. Like, why would I? Like, it's almost like, wait a minute, you're contradicting yourself. <laughs> we're we're not. It's it's really just making sure that, like, hey, this is some of the grounding behind, like, why you should have emergency reserve, why you should have dollars that aren't focused on just getting the like stretching for the best possible rate of return, because it's really more about the strategy and how everything comes together than it is the individual tactic. Yeah. And right. You owning a practice, how many different opportunities might come up or maybe it's sitting there right now, but you don't have the cash to do it. Bringing on a partner, a merger, buying, a buying an additional piece of equipment, buying the, the building that you're located in, buying, buying your first employee. Yeah, buying another like property or location, opening up a second location. Like there's so many different possibilities of like what could be done and having cash to be able to leverage when it's needed will put you in a better position for all of this. Like heck, just having cash on the balance sheet puts you in a better position to go have a conversation with a bank about getting a loan. Mm-hmm. So the existence of that cash may allow you to get a loan that you otherwise wouldn't have gotten. Now, that might not be the best example right now, just based on where interest rates are at. But at the same time, like those things are mat- like they will change. Like there is lots of fluctuation in interest rates over time. And just because it's one way right now doesn't mean that it's going to be that way forever. And with the alternative to borrowing money is having the money available to borrow from yourself. Absolutely. So so a quick review of the three reasons to have an emergency fund that most people don't hear about or, or read about is number one, the behavioral habit that you actually create and the feeling once you actually have it to be have that peace of mind. Number two, leverage. Leveraging the fact that you have cash sitting in the sideline and maybe you're able to take more risk elsewhere and have that pillow to fall back on if something happens. And then number three, opportunity. We don't know when opportunity is always going to be there. And when it is, when you have cash sitting in the sideline, now you can actually take advantage of that. Which takes us to the question of the day, Alex. And our question today is how is it that you're viewing your emergency reserve? Have any of these things that Ryan and I brought up today opened your eyes to new possibilities and new ideas as to why it's important or how to utilize it? So if this resonated with you, right, if you learned something from, so the question number one I have you ask yourself is, do you have an emergency fund? If not, hopefully this episode gets you to start creating one. Number two, if you have an emergency fund, are you leveraging it? Are you taking advantage of opportunity? Right? Where, what are you doing there? And if you're not, maybe you should look at, at, at being a little bit more efficient with that money sitting on the sideline. We hope this episode was valuable for you. Head over to holistic-finance.com. There's a spot for you to answer Alex's question. Or if you have specific questions around that you'd like for us to speak into, that's a great spot for you to reach out to us there. As always, we hope this episode was valuable. And Mr. Collins, make it a great day. 
This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities Guardian or Quantified Financial Partners and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities LLC is not undertaking to provide investment advice or a recommendation for any specific individual or situation, or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact a representative for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation. Brian and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities LLC. OSJ 200 Market Street, Suite 1850, Portland, Oregon 97201, phone number 503-221-1226. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities member FINRA SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Ryan Burklow Air Insurance License Number 1531912. CA Insurance License Number 0K24924. Alexander Collins Air Insurance License Number 7264699. CA Insurance License Number 0H24806. Pinpoint Number 2022 146370. Expiration November 2024.